What's up, everybody? This is episode seven of the Checkpoint Amigos. This is Sancho West alongside Santi. Santi, this literally has to be the hottest off the press episode because we're literally recording it and we're putting it up immediately. Like we're talking about hot off the press. Oh, this is gonna be like wearing a nice warm pair of socks, folks. You're getting it right out of the dryer, baby. That nice warm underoos. But yes, this is a great day, a great time in gaming because we're about to approach October, which is going to be stacked with a lot of big time games. And I think Santi, you have you have seen some of the reviews for Starfield already? They're popping up very, very shortly. I believe they're now. The embargo is up. Yeah, I've been. Dipping my toes here or there, mostly not so much looking at the reviews, but more so like I I want to see gameplay. Like I'm just mm. wanting to make a decision based on that uh, because look, respectfully to all of these review outlets, I don't see how you've had enough time to review a game that should take like 500 hours. Correct. So these day one reviews, I know you had to get them out, but I just don't think that you could be giving full genuine opinions yet. That's why some are, some outlets do reviews in progress, for example. Correct, correct. There's a couple of them that do do reviews in progress. Uh, I mean, it's very interesting to see that Starfield season is um, uh, among us here, and you're going to play it, right? Correct? That's your plan? That's what you uh, want to do? That is the plan, yes. I do have a Series S, but I feel like I'd be sacrificing some of the horsepower that I can get out of it on PC. So, like, I'm, I'm still up in the air as to what version I want to play. Actually, I heard a lot of rumors that the... The power of the S, it still runs like butter. Runs oh, really? really well. Yeah, runs really well. So I don't think you have to worry about that. And some say, not trying to give too many spoilers, that this is like a very well-made Bethesda game. This isn't something that you have any issues like a, a Fallout 76 or things of that sort. So I think you're gotcha. going to be okay with the Series S. Okay, uh, going yeah. Forward I might there. stick with that then. Yeah, why not? I mean, I mean... Definitely, that is going to be around the horizon for the Checkpoint Amigos out there. Uh, one thing as well is there's so many... Did you hear the news of the person that leaked 40 minutes early of Starfield footage? They got early copies. They stole the copies out there. They stole them, uploaded 40 minutes of gameplay so they could sell on eBay those early copies. You know, they got found out and they got arrested, my friend. Yikers. Hey. You, uh, you know, to keep it family friendly, we'll say F around find out. Am I right? <laughs> I mean, I, I personally think it's like it's just video games. I, I, I totally understand. You know, there is a, you know, breaking yeah. the law. But I mean, come on, yeah. man. It's like, dude, I, I've seen it get worse. I don't know if uh, did you ever play Red Dead Redemption 2? Yes, of course. Okay, all right. So you know the Pinkertons from Red Dead Redemption 2, like, yeah, like the ruthless. villains. Yeah, they're ruthless. The ruthless villains. Yeah, so they are a real organization in the United States. They're bounty hunters, basically. And um, if I recall right, about a year ago, the Wizards of the Coast accidentally sent an unreleased box of Magic the Gathering cards yeah. to a content creator, and they sent the Pinkertons after him. <laughs> they really? literally sent the villains of Red Dead Redemption 2 to recollect the those magic the gathering cards so uh, hey you know what i get it i guess I, I i've seen worse is basically what i'm saying fair enough fair enough uh, one thing as well that i wanted to point out that's going around the news as well uh just literally hot off the press today it was announced that volition games is closing so for those who don't know embracer group is a huge organization that owns so many different entities not just in gamings but all around so they kind of got their toes everywhere they got their hands in different cookie jars and embracer actually had volition group which is a 30 year old 
kind of the developer, and they're famous for if you're like, why is this number Saints Row was Saints the one Row. behind it. So just want to quickly read that. Volition team has proudly created a world-class entertainment for fans around the globe for 30 years. We've been driven by a passion for our community and always work to deliver joy, surprise, and delight. The past June, Embracer Group announced a restructuring program to strengthen Embracer and maintain its position as leader in the video game industry. As part of that program, they evaluated strategic and operational goals and made the difficult decisions to close Volition effective immediately. To help our team, we are working to provide job assistance to help smooth transition for our Volition family members. We thank our customers and fans around the world for love and support over the years and it will always be in our hearts. It's just a bummer, dude, because yeah. actually Saints Row was one of those ones that I think kept GTA honest. Granted, Saints Row was a little bit wilder and a little bit out there. They had an alien plot in Saints Row, uh, the, four, the fourth one, which I think- the fourth, yeah. Which was really solid, and I just think that it's a shame to see these mid-tier, and not like a disrespectful like your mid, but like a yeah. mid-tier studio that produced some very fun games, yeah. uh, not be able to make it. I mean, it's just the a double A studios is what they. Yeah, the, the, that was the moniker that we used to use for those types of yep. studios. Yeah, for me, I was very much into the Saints Row series. Uh, I I personally really like Got Out of Hell. Um, and they, I, I think I'm right, but I'm pretty sure they also made Red Faction, which I was very into. Red Faction one and two. Um, I, I don't know if we want to double check that, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. It's a shame because I think that there is a really nice place for these types of studios that you know aren't putting out the 300, 400 million dollar box office games. Mm -hmm. Those games that you can just jump into and know that you're getting a fun experience as opposed to you know expecting this otherworldly you know first party sony studio type of experience and you're correct red faction is part yeah. of volition's umbrella of studios so yeah i mean it's just something that is it's no, it's no surprise i mean with gaming being very competitive with games now being designed to take up your time to take up all your additional uh funds is this, uh, kind of a topic that we constantly tiptoe here at the checkpoint amigos you would definitely see that uh, and other studios that embracer group does have uh they have crystal dynamic gearbox mm -hmm. yeah. and so they have those properties of tomb raider uh disx and borderlands so very interesting to see where Embracer Group, understandably so, if you had to pick between those three franchises, you definitely would have to, you know, pick Saints Row to be the one to, to take the bullet there. Also, just to let you guys know out there, and guys and gals, Tomb Raider coming to Call of Duty. I mean, she's going to be an operator very, very soon. Uh, one thing I want to point out to, just to get a little bit ahead of my topic that's coming out today, uh, Call of Duty will use AI to moderate chats. Did you hear about this, Santi? I did. I did. Yes. Very interesting. So for those of you that know, Activision is part with a company called Modulant to bring in in-game voice chat monetization to their titles. The new moderation system uses AI technology called ToxMod and will work to identify behaviors like hate speech, discrimination and harassment in real time. It will be a part of the full worldwide release of Modern Warfare 3 and currently is being used in beta for Modern Warfare 2 and Warzone. So essentially what it's going to do, it doesn't necessarily take action immediately and against the player's person. Personally, what it does is that it sends a report automatically for them then to go into their system to figure out if you broke uh, the code of content that and for those of you who don't know that's literally one of the first things it has you quote unquote sign to agree to the terms when you play online I I'd never read those terms of agreements when it comes to those things. Um, but it looks like they are taking the next step. And the company CEO said in a recent interview, the tool aims to go beyond mere transcription. It takes factors like a player's emotions and volume into context as well in order to differentiate harmful uh, statements from playful ones. So interesting. 
Um, the thing that I want to talk about a little bit, just a little bit here, is it's interesting to see AI, not necessarily, lack of a better word, invade or be part of our lives more. And now it's in, coming into our video game space. Now, one thing I want to get out the way, there is no room for extreme toxicity in video games. You know, hate speech, all that kind of stuff. There's no room for that. When trash talk, and it did say that they, inter it, they understand the difference between trash talk and the hatefulness of the breaking the violations of code of content. I just firmly believe when people say you wouldn't survive a Call of Duty lobby in 2008 or whatever, that doesn't mean those were the good times. <laughs> like we we should oh. not we should have not have been that way at all to begin with. I never was that kind of gamer. That's what inspired me as a content creator to be positive, but not necessarily like overly positive or commercially positive. I was just like, hey man, I grew up in an era of video games and being in arcade, and if I was toxic to a person in person like that in arcade, I would probably go home with a black eye. I mean, that that's the kind of arcade experience I had, but no one was really like that. We were all chill and friendly and we would like give each other tips. And I think the anonymity of gaming online has festered a very, very toxic environment. And it started in 2008. So it's, I'm, I would be interested to hear your take on Call of Duty's use of AI to moderate this process. For sure. I think it's, uh... It, this would have been a lot more useful and valuable back then. Um, nowadays, there's a lot more. Uh, there's a lot more gateways to, I, I guess, like microphone audio from the other player. Like back then, like everyone had a microphone, right. and everyone is in the lobby, and you're hearing everybody. Nowadays, there's a lot more controls. There's more party chats. You're less likely to run into a rogue person saying terrible things to you right. nowadays because you have so many controls over who you can hear, who you don't want to hear than you did back then. Like back then, it really genuinely was the Wild West. Yes. Sometimes there were games that didn't even have the option to mute. I r vividly remember those. But nowadays, like there's a there's a lot more uh, checks and balances to to help protect individuals. Now in I, I am excited in terms of what this can do for trash talking because now we might get some genuinely <laughs> funny, unique trash yeah. talk and unique trash talk without going down like the really toxic route. I still remember to this day when I was playing Call of Duty 4 and I was not able to clutch a search and destroy round, this guy said that I have toes for fingers. And like that stuck with me. Like I'm like, that's a hilarious trash talk. That is a hilarious insult without like breaking my psyche and being like overly toxic. So I guess I'm looking forward to that route to see, all right, now the cream is going to rise to the top, uh, Call of Duty trash talkers, without, you know, you getting like overly nasty. Time to get funny, time to get creative, time to get good with your trash talking without getting caught by the AI. By the AI. That is hilarious. <laughs> the toes for fingers, dude. Dude, I had no, I had no comeback for toes for fingers. Dude, I totally, I mean, you can't. And that's, for, how long ago was this again? Well, this was like 2008. Oh, it stuck dude, with me that long. Wow. Dude, I, honestly, to this day, like, and I think a lot of people are the same, um, where they a lot of their memories just to come from, like, when they had nothing but time to play video games. Right. There's a little bit of a sidetrack, but it's Jeff Boyd. He goes, uh, I remember vividly Modern Warfare 2. There okay. was this guy going around knifing people, and he wasn't talking. Right. Uh -huh. All you would hear over the mic is huh, these guys don't even know every time he'd get a kill with his knife. You just hear him over the mic. And I don't even know if he knew he had a mic. All you hear maybe like 10 times throughout the game is huh, these guys don't even know. Anyways, that's that's my uh, Call of Duty, uh, Call of Duty story. 
I'm looking forward to that. If, if, if this could lead to more creative yeah. banter, by all means, perfect. 100%. 100%. 100%. All right. So um, that is what's kind of hot off the press that, that I kind of saw there, Santi. What were you going to say? No, nothing. I was all just right. uh, breathing with my mouth. <laughs> Sometimes I can be a bit of a mouth breather. <laughs> Look, you're about to say something. You're sucking in air. That's what you were doing. Because um, I'm looking right at you, brother. But what I've been playing, uh, and I've been actually been waiting for, and I still, I have to be very, I got to call them out. AEW Games, no disrespect to you, Kenny Omega. You're my, my you're my favorite wrestler in that promotion, and I love you in New Japan. And I went to see you at the Tokyo, um, the, that side hall. I love you. You're the best. But the promotion to say that you're going to have a battle royale game mode come out and then just say coming soon and then you just come out and say it's coming out within 24 hours and not give a time or day and then randomly tweet out that it's going to come out a time of day it was messy it was sloppy but i gotta say santi it's just like the battle royale mode the stadium stampede and i absolutely love the jank dude there's something magical about this mode it is pure zaniness it is it, it feels like it's a sega game it really feels like the mini games that they have in that aw fight forever and i absolutely love it as someone that loves battle royale and i could get we'll get into the the nitty-gritty of it i love battle royales and i love pro wrestling i think it's an experience that you have to play but I don't think it's worth going to buy it for $60 just for the Battle Royale. Uh, everybody that saw me play it on TikTok or Twitch asked, is this for free? Unfortunately, it's not. And I just think that it's that is the expectation for Battle Royales. Mm -hmm. And this game won't stand alone ever. It won't make waves as a Battle Royale. But there's a couple of good things it does as a Battle Royale that I feel that other Battle Royales should take from. And from my time playing it, and I played it probably for like, eight hours i loved it but boy oh boy it is rough it is oh it is a sloppy joe and i probably had uh, some acid reflux after playing it but i know it's bad for me but i want more of it you know i, yeah, I got from, more from of what it. i was watching uh, one of the things that because i because you you were streaming it and one of the things that i was noticing when you were playing it is that like it feels like the hit detection seems so <laughs> bad. Like I, I, like I would literally see you next to somebody trying to hit them with a chair, and it would go through them. It was it, like I had no explanation for it. It's not a game that is refined. It is raw. I mean, it is pure rawness, and the net code is off. And but it's not frustrating. You know, there is a read there's like the you know the tit for tat the rock paper scissors aspect of it there is like a very nuanced way of like hey my my slap my or my chop is going to beat your grapple and then i could chip damage it's broken in various ways uh you could level up very quickly the one mechanic that i discovered is a fortnite strat what we call heal offs and i essentially santi the the problem with that game more than ever is the end game is wrong so it closed completely and when it closes yeah. completely there's no the end game is just literally you running around with a with a kendo stick trying to find an opening right it's like fencing almost and so what i discovered was if i bought stinger energy drink right <laughs> the stinger energy drink and i go into storm and pop it i would have full health while everybody is dying to the storm and very quickly and then they get kato and then i win so it's like the most easiest strat to do to break it 
But is it fun to do? Sure, it's funny. But at the same time, if they would make the change to in-game, there are a couple of changes there. It could be something. Um, I literally wish someone could ask me how to fix it, like from AEW games, because I would tell them exactly how to fix it. I would yeah, tell them exactly how to do it right. Well, what would you do? Well, simple. I mean, the zone can't close completely. That's for one. Mm -hmm. It needs to stay open. And I've said this. This is my biggest critique about Rumbleverse. For those of you who know, Rumbleverse was a battle royale pro wrestling game. And I say pro wrestling in quotes because it ended up being a fighting game that is just covered with pro wrestling, painted with pro wrestling gimmick. It needs to say, go into the final circle. When it hits a top three, literally stop. And it should go into a one, two, three pin scenario. It's just, it should just go revert itself back to the wrestling game mechanics that the game already has. Because a battle royale where you just knock somebody out, that's not wrestling. That is not wrestling. There is no, is rarely that there's a gimmick match that's KO or last man standing or 10 count, whatever, right? I wish that for this game to be perfect as a battle royale pro wrestling game, it needs to have a pin scenario for the win because then it turns into a triple threat, right? It's yeah, like, that's cool. If I knock you down and I hurt you, I damage you, then you're down for like 15 seconds. And then that gives me time to get the pin on the other guy. And then you could come in and break the pin. Like there's this, that simple mechanic will put this a world above the other. But what I want to say is there's a couple things that battle royale games should do that this game gets right. If you look past the jankiness at its core, the best thing I like about it is pin picking your own spawns. That's a great, that awesome was cool. Thing. Yeah, it's like, oh, I want to cool. be in the office. I right. wanna, yeah, I like that. That is cool. You get your own route down, and it had a hundred percent chest spawn. Another W as well. One thing is as well that I liked is you get to pick your abilities. You get to pick three abilities that you could say, okay, I want to play this way. I want to have the ability to Irish whip you. I want to have the ability to jump higher or run faster or uh, regenerate health. That's a W in itself. One of the things they would call was a a heat tree or a heat system, which is like in wrestling, the more heat or the more appeal you got, you unlocked more moves throughout that match. So you leveled up. So kind of just like chain wrestling, how you start off with chops, eventually you do combos, eventually you go from a simple body slam, you go into a, a power bomb, things of that sort. I thought that was cool, and based on how I did in the match, I leveled up and I got stronger. So say I wanted to be more of a melee character, or striker, I would unlock a stronger kick. I would unlock right. more combos. If I wanted to be a person that used weapons, right, I would unlock a t-shirt cannon. Yes, I said a t-shirt cannon, and you could use that in the game. That, to me, if they did that in regular battle royales, because every battle royale steals from each other, if they did that in Fortnite, or I could pick abilities pre-game, I could pop them pre in, in the game, and then I could level up my character as I go along by being more aggressive, that will make Battle Royale so much better. Yeah, so what you're seeing is that there's an evolution of your character within the actual match that you're in, yep. as opposed to like leveling them up with, you know, skill points or anything like outside of the game, right? Yep. Like you're saying like there is a level up mechanic where you can improve certain aspects of your character in that specific match. Yep. Yep. I like that. And it slows down, you know, you can't camp because if you camp, then you're going to not going to be a strong character um, right. and, and things of that sort. And you, the way you level up is you collect poker chips, which are, you know, yeah. the, I don't know why AW loves this casino Double or nothing right i don't understand all yeah. in all out like it's kind of weird to me that they have that like it's like if someone picked a 
I guess like a, I'm thinking of like a like a template right on canvas or something right or and you're like oh I like this casino template yeah yeah that's yeah, the yeah. rest it doesn't yeah have they're to... ride or die right now on the casino right. on the casino gimmick for sure right the the poker chip the the Joker um all those kind of stuff but it's only one map it's in the Jaguar Stadium of course because Tony Khan's family owns the Jaguar Jacksonville Jaguars um but it doesn't every in game feels unique in terms of where you fight. Uh, there's random, random zaniness. So if you're an AEW fan, there's the golf cart that, you know, yeah. Matt Hardy used. There's the yeah. horse that Hangman Page used in the stadium stampede. Uh, there's a lot of egg Easter eggs throughout it, but it's just fun, dude. Cause it's pro wrestling and battle royales. And I'm running around as Kenny Omega chasing after Cody Rhodes and yelling, finish the story to Cody, you know, like, like <laughs> it, that's, that, that to me is, is, is this, it's fun. Like I genuinely yeah. had fun but boy people, not 60 dollar fun and it's not 60 dollar fun but a, a lot of people who were looking at it be like ooh, it's rough around the edges or ooh, it doesn't look good or it looks janky 100 percent, dude yeah it's a pure jank but if you go into it with the the this light-hearted spirit of fighting a pro wrestling battle royale oh you're gonna have a great time so i mean it sounds like if you've already got AEW fight forever you should be jumping on this and, and experiencing it yourself but you should. this should not be necessarily your jumping in point to spend 60 dollars because i you know i've i've played AEW fight forever and just for like transparency like i did some work with them and i don't recommend it at 60 dollars. i can't I, there's just not enough meat on that bone but if this were to come out in the holidays for 30 dollars and it comes with that battle royale i think that's a fair jumping in point what they should do is make the Battle Royale free so you download it, get mm -hmm. exposure to the pro wrestlers that are in AEW, exposure to Kenny Omega and Cody Rhodes and all the the, the finishers and maybe allow them to, to create a wrestler because mm -hmm. there was a lot of – you could use your creative wrestler in the mode. Then you could then, you know, gateway Trojan Horse it into the actual game itself. I think yeah, that yeah, yeah. I think that Classic Fortnite, right? Instead of Fortnite to uh, fight forever, give them the battle royale free, and then see if people want to jump in on fight forever. No yep. one did, <laughs> so they <laughs> just focused on the battle royale. And and that at the same time, uh, it should be crossplay. I think that's what's going to hurt the game a lot. Because you know, yeah, a hundred percent. Like it'll get lot. to the point. Like you're just not going to find enough people um to fill a battle royale if it's not crossplay i think that should be a requirement honestly like if you want to make a long-lasting battle royale because inherently you're you you need a lot of people and yep. it's gonna get frustrating if it's just nothing but bots in there um you know one or two years down the line and yeah i i, I totally agree with you with that and speaking of crossplay and i've been playing a lot more of that madden 2024 what a fun game. It's really fun if you just know exactly. If you know, like, it's like going to Target and you know yeah. I'm going to go and buy just orange juice and walk out. If you know that's what you're going to do, you're going to have a great time in Target. If you know in Madden, you're going to go in, go to online head-to-head, mm -hmm. -head, and then you just get out. You don't worry about the mutt. You don't buy anything else. You don't try to play franchise mode or you don't do all the extra stuff. I had a great time. I love it, dude. dude. I, I got I got it. stream sniped playing Madden. If oh, you can wow. believe that. No, I I stream sniped myself because I was talking while streaming, of course, right? As one usually does, as good streamers tend to do. Yeah. And you know, I was telling the stream, okay, I'm gonna run it up the middle. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. All right, I'm gonna do a run commit on this. And now, and like this guy's just guessing everything that i'm that, that i'm saying and it turns out by the way because i don't really play too many multiplayer games on the ps5 that ps5 controller's mic is on by default <laughs> 
and he was hearing everything literally everything and it got to the point where the guy's wife jumped in on my chat to tell me that yeah that her husband knew everything that i was doing <laughs> Zanzi, this button right here, brother. Just press it. I know. Just press it. That should be by default off. Why is the default on? <laughs> oh my god. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I've been playing Madden too. It is a tremendous amount of fun. It's it's actually yeah. like the run blocking is pretty solid, and yeah. uh, the passing is pretty solid. I don't play with the the new system. I play. Neither with the old do school. I. But definitely the well. run game is is feels far more refined. I feel like I have a lot more control over um over like my running back and i will say uh one of the things that i despise over previous madden sometimes it still happens here are when like there's just a beautiful hole down the middle and then all of a the sudden there's like this um i don't know like a magnet where yeah. this defensive tackle that's clearly being blocked all of a sudden just attaches himself to you and right. that a hole all of a sudden isn't there anymore yeah i think they're doing a pretty a much better job with the animations where you can tell okay is that defensive tackle actually going to shed this block and yeah. that 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 hole is actually going to disappear because in the past it felt like it was just mad they would just magically close for the sake of closing and by the way I, i'm upset because justin herbert the guy i played against was using him like he was vince young my man was running all over but i was like dude how is justin does not run this fast justin doesn't run that's not possible. I mean, he would fall forward for like four or five yards every time I tackled the guy. Like that's unfair. Unfair. Nah, that's yeah, that's Herbert, man. Yeah, nah, nah, that's, nah, that's nah, our that, guy. That's the next MVP. Nah, that's Madden, the Madden. But uh, those are the things I've been playing on. Santi, do you? Would you like me to go with my topic, or would you want you to go with your topic first? Up to yeah. You. What? Why don't we go with uh, with my topic? We, right, I, we kind of are, are just talked about it here with talking about streaming and stream sniping myself. I, you know, you and I are both uh, content creators. Uh, I dive more into the wrestling side of things, but I also um, make wrestling. Uh, gaming content on Twitch and you yourself have been doing this for a very long time. Yeah. I've been doing this for a very long time as well. Uh, and I just wanted to have a conversation about the world of content creation, because I know that there's plenty of people that watch me that constantly send me DMS. Like, how do I start being a content creator? What is the best thing to get? There? What is the best that? What is the Okay. First and foremost, let me tell you, if you are sending me a question as to how can I be a content creator and you haven't even started, what are you, why are you messaging me? Start. That's <laughs> right. the first thing, right? Just right. start. Right. Um, I wanted to have a conversation with you about, uh, you know, the pros, the cons, the ups and downs, things you like, things that you don't like, some weird, maybe political nuances that you don't love about being in this space. And I'm curious to pick your brain because even though we, because I've been making content online since 2011, and I think you're about the same. Yes. Um, we've been on separate streets and separate routes, but we've been doing the same thing for a long time. Right. So first and foremost, like for you, like what got you into gaming content creation in the first place? Like what were you seeking with it? Well, uh, I always felt that I love video games one and foremost. So that was something that I enjoyed the most. And I loved entertaining people as an actor and theater actor. I was in college kid. Uh, we did theater and, long story short is when i graduated i didn't have a stage anymore to entertain people so what i learned was youtube it's you that's your own stage you could get your own audience through the door long as there is a stage and an audience you could entertain anybody and that's mm -hmm. what i learned in my acting classes in theater so i said well i'm going to use that but use gaming my game my love for gaming as a conduit 
And as I mentioned is I noticed that gaming was becoming more toxic in a sense of like people who were being toxic online were being rewarded with the views, which is still the case today. And mm -hmm. this is when not PewDiePie being toxic, but this was when PewDiePie was rising, doing his let's plays and things of that sort. And it was there was a lean to um, as well that I saw on YouTube content of the Call of Duty days was like people were just showing their wins and their best games. And I was like, I'm just going to show everything wins and losses. And I just wanted to show what, what a real gaming experience was at all about. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I, that's where I got into gaming and content creating to answer your question, the pros and cons of it. What I've learned throughout the years is in the past, it was more of a, of a hobby for a lot of people. But as time went on, making content became an avenue for success and an avenue for income and an avenue to change your stars, for lack of a better word. You could literally be a celebrity overnight almost with video games, which was crazy to think about when I was growing up because video games was a waste of time and it wasn't even a career choice unless you were making video games. So for me, the pros of it switched when... Fortnite became really popular and then Twitch became popular. And when those rose together, I feel that gaming as a content creator changed so much to now it's like, well, you got to be the best and you have mm. to have the numbers and you have to be on the grind and you have to constantly output content so that you can be quote unquote seen as successful. Where in the past it was more of like, you just take care of your, your, your community and you just upload when you can. And people will appreciate that you made a video for said game because not that many people were doing it at the time. And mm -hmm. the technology wasn't there for everyone to do it at the time. Uh, but due to the pandemic, everybody going at home, cameras becoming affordable, capture cards becoming affordable. You could even stream from your phone, like console streaming, all that yeah. kind of thing. There's a lot of players in the game. And it's the con is, and I'm literally doing it like a history. And the con is now it's it's super saturated. Uh, it's a rat race at times. Mm -hmm. It could be exhausting to know that if you take a day off or like, for example, today I had real life things pop up and I couldn't stream today at the time that I normally do. And people, it's hard to know that, you know, uh, where do they go? Like, where, like you right. know, if, unless they follow you socially, and the sad thing is, unless the algorithm feeds that to them, your social posts of you not being available, they'll never know. And yeah. it's just a, it's just a weird reality that you live in. And I would say to put a button on this, my my stanza here, um, the biggest thing that's tough to do is that as a content creator in 2023, you rely on so many things that are out of your control. It's just bare minimum things, technology, internet, algorithms. Um, you know, sometimes in your case, you could get banned for something you had no control over, right? You had no idea that was coming and you, your job as a content creator is literally adapt and to roll with the punches and to try to find a niche and to, and which is annoying. This is the most word I hate the most when I hear the niche. Um, you have to kind of find your, your piece of the pie and you know try to build out from there but it's just so interesting to me because this is a, a thing that i feel that separates a gamer and a content creator gamer where i feel they're two different things and it's hard to be both and as mm -hmm. i mentioned we will cover in a, a future podcast i swear we will talking about being a broken gamer um but th that would be to answer like 
everything yeah. about about this game of content creating and where it's going to go i don't know you know i don't know it feels like it changes every second algorithms used to reward long gameplay hours and reward long watch time so you benefited you for being on more hours twitch benefited from you being constantly on for 10 to 12 hours and now you don't have to be on for 10 to 12 hours but you need to make shorts and you have to pump out shorts it's because the algorithm now yeah. favors shorts so i've seen a lot and i'm be yeah. cu i'm curious to see what have you seen on your end because as someone who's you and i both have a hundred thousand subscriber plaques um you for the call of duty channel where has your journey began from there those humble beginnings yeah. to restarting multiple times over to where you are now for sure i will say one of the biggest differences between um when i started to now is a social difference where now if you go to a school hey kids what do you want to do when you grow up i want to be a youtuber i want to make gaming content i want to be a TikToker. when i started it was my first year of university and like i like kept it a secret because it was inherently seen as a weird thing to do mm -hmm. to make gaming content on youtube some might even see you as a loser as an outcast for doing right. something that you like simply because it wasn't commonly an accepted practice in society as of yet it's kind of crazy to think but that's what it was back in 2010 2011 um for um one of the other things that I've noticed in this evolution of the content creation space is that, you know, to use a gaming term, there was no meta. No. Now there is a strategy that can work, right? But back then it was make videos when you couldn't make videos, live stream when you could live stream, YouTube was going to push you, Twitch was going to push you. Nowadays, there's no discovery on Twitch. Like, it does, like if you just hit the live button on Twitch, you're never going to be discovered because now the meta, the strategy is to make shorts, make YouTube videos, get on Twitter, get super active there, network, make gaming friends so that you could cross pollinate. Like there's there is an actual strategy in place where for a long time, it truly was the wild west. And not only were we as content creators adapting, so were gaming companies. Because yeah. I remember for a while, like for example, Nintendo is the famous example nowadays, but there were a lot of companies back then, like Konami was a like notoriously really bad for not wanting gameplay of their games online because they, at the time, the logic was, hey, well, if people are watching these games online, they're not going to want to play Metal Gear Solid 4 by themselves. And now we see gaming companies adapt and understand that they're getting the best free advertising that they could possibly get. Why in the world would we get in, get in the way of that? But it, it is an interesting situation to know that even though you're making gaming content, you're technically posting copyrighted content. Let's not forget though gaming companies still own that and it is within their power to be able to take that down. Um, so seeing the evolution of how gaming companies see content creation in the space has been fascinating. But, um, you know, you had asked me, you know, what it's been like to start stop. Had I used the same strategy that worked for me in 2011 and 2021 when I restarted, it would have been impossible because like I said, now there's a, there's, uh, a proven formula of what works. And if you don't do that proven formula, you're not likely to see success. Even if you're amazing at the game, if you're not making yourself visible everywhere, you're going to struggle. And nowadays it's like, well, are you good at the game? Are you a personality? Well, you gotta be both. 
So when people ask me about ga- content creation and, make, and making gaming content, the first question I ask them is, okay, do you want to game for a living or do you want to make content for a living? Because they're actually very, very different things. Making content and gaming, you'd think they're super hand in hand, but not always. And I'll give you one of my frustrations and I'll pass it over to you is, you know, you find success in one particular game. For me, it was Call of Duty. You found your piece of the pie in that niche. But let's say, you know, now you want a piece of cake, which means playing something else, trying to make content of another game. And now all of a sudden, you know, your audience doesn't isn't receptive to it. There's no interest in it, which now forces you as the content creator to make that decision of do I pursue the games that I want to play for my self-fulfillment and my enjoyment, or do I just continue to dig deeper into this niche and I'm only able to do this th- one thing. Right, right. That mean, that is what every gaming content creator goes to. Uh, people, they say, they found you on X game, so you should continuously play X game. But the problem is X game doesn't do anything anymore. It doesn't provide new content, doesn't provide new um, material for you to riff off of. And so you have to move on. And, you know, I, the one thing is, is is not I'm not trying to air out dirty laundry or grievances about it. I mean, I am still very fortunate. And just to say blanket statement to everybody who's like, well, I have a nine to five job. I worked 16, nine to jobs, nine to five jobs in my lifetime before I finally found success in this one in the side hustle. So I know there's there is hardships there. And I know that there is, you know, paycheck to paycheck vibes type type of thing. But when it comes to at least your engagement as a gaming content creator it just changes because you have to ask yourself a question and you have to ask is this game fun to watch is it fun to play as myself or myself and is it fun to watch for my audience to enjoy Mm -hmm. as well there are often times where a game is fun to play so much so that no one wants to watch it they just want to play it which Mm -hmm. is very strange there's often times as well that the game's fun to play but it's hard to watch and I always feel like Overwatch was a very difficult game for people to watch who don't know who Overwatch is or don't know anything about it. So that's why there's so many different nuances. And to answer your question, for someone who's wanting to get into it in 2023, it's more of like you need to understand that unless you have something that is so super unique that everyone comes to you, then you have to understand that you just need to build a routine and build the discipline to yourself now to that whenever a game comes around it could be your pop-off game it could even be a fortnight season like years from now that could be your pop-off moment you just need to understand you just got to have the right uh work ethic workflow you know don't spend all your money on gear you don't necessarily need that people on tiktok pop off just from their phones Mm -hmm. i've seen people stream on tiktok literally just from a mirror and with their phone pointed at the screen and their mirror pointing at them there's so many unique ways to stand out in this space it just requires the most important thing is i saw a thing on uh, tiktok one of my friends and this i think kind of puts a nice bow on what we're talking about is that I thought she was like, I thought I just wanted to play games and stream to meet friends as a content creator. And, but it, now I have to be a mar- marketing brand manager. I have to be a technology or you know tech savvy. I need to be a network and all this and this and that. So you literally have so many more hats to wear and you have to understand that I would say Santi is my biggest thing. When people ask me, I want to get in your space. How do I do it? Figure out your brand, 
and figure out who you are because those are the things that are really unique. You are mm. you and you're the most unique thing on earth, right? There's only one of you on this earth and you may think yeah. that you're not unique, but that's true. Your POV as a gamer is unique, even though you may like the same thing as a lot of people, but the way you see it is unique and your brand needs to match that so that when you stand out and you need to be easily memorable, like Santi's app, like I easily remember that, uh, you, you got to have something simple. Sancho West, boom, very simple S, S search engine optimization. First praise of Google when you Google it, right? Mm -hmm. Super simple stuff. Um, that is the big thing because I remember someone came into my chat and said they're a Skywalker or something. And I'm like, dude, that's not going to work. Yeah, like, it's never going to work. It's never, never going to work. Never going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the big piece of advice that I always give people that come to me asking for advice is like, dude, why are you asking for advice? You haven't started. Like start. Yeah. Your first set of videos, your first TikToks, your first live streams are all going to suck. And you're supposed to learn every single time that you do those things to the point where then you're comfortable with it. Because like, if you're then comparing, you know, like, okay, like you look up to a, a Nick A30, hey, you wanna do what Nick A30 does. Nick A30 has been doing this for over a decade. He has the experience of over a decade. Well, I want his equipment. He's built up that equipment for the past decade. He was he didn't just spawn with this stuff. You and I didn't just spawn with this stuff around us. It slowly built up. My first was an HD Pog HD yep. PVR. That's what I started with, yep. right? And that's all I had. And yet, in and to get caught up on the nuances of equipment, like you're already having the wrong mentality because it's not equipment and quality that helps you find an audience. I think it helps keep the audience at some point. Yeah, but it's personality and your unique points of views and thoughts and beliefs that find you the audience in the first place. I would say now more than ever, it's easier to break into the space because VTubing mm. is huge. Yeah. VTubing, for those who know, is you use an avatar to represent you and you have your voice. Sometimes AI could even be your voice. I've seen TikToks who use the AI voice thing and I'm thinking like, that's their voice. And then I find out it's just another AI narration. I'm like, oh man, I really like this person's voice. There is so many things that technology that if you're not comfortable, I mean, Santi, for years, I did not use a webcam. I didn't use any mm. webcams on my content. It was just my voice. Yeah, me neither. So like there is, there is multiple avenues to be successful in this space. And I think now more than ever, if you want to do it, just do it and see where it goes without the hope of you landing somewhere. Um, one of my favorite quotes that I've, I've been leaning on recently is from Seth Rogen, uh, the actor, and he said, He's known so many different actors in his career that were better than him, smarter than him, and they wrote than him, but they quit. And you're never, ever going to have that opportunity to do anything if you quit. If you quit, it's over. It's done. That's that's it. But if you keep trying, you keep moving, there's still that chance. So long as you don't quit, you never know. I mean, what John Cena has it, right? Never, never give up. Hey, let's do a better one. Never back down. No, never what? Dude, okay, for those of you who know, I've known Nick for years. Like, yeah. I've known him for 10 years, and me and him go way back. Uh, I was the bigger channel at the time for The Last of Us, and I gave him a shout-out, like, a long time ago. Because I liked his content. He was a good good kid, literally, back mm -hmm. in the day. Good kid, always commented on my videos. And I picked – and the long story short is we became friends. We made content together. But I've heard Never, back, never Give Up, Never Back Down for, like, seven years, like, in the past. And to see it finally hit the lexicon – of what is our lives and now football teams and baseball teams and schools are putting it up everywhere and i see like 
people who have no business in gaming doing it as a TikTok sound. Mm-hmm. I, it, it, I'm happy. I'm genuinely happy for him. And I think I think a good way to close this thing is I'm in a unique scenario, and a lot of people undermine my success because I know Nick, and Nick's been my friend, and we all know that Nick's super popular, and he has he's made it. He's in that top ten, like the top tier percent of content creators in this space. And the thing is that I keep telling myself is that I cannot control what people's opinion are of me. If they think my success is from him, that's fine. I can't change their opinion, but I know my truth and I know the truth and the hard work that I put in the long hours I put in the constant hours of waking up early, grinding and making videos that had nothing to do uh, with his input or his help, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, there has been times where, you know, he has opened a door for me just by association or things of that sort like, hey, you oh, aren't you Nick's friend? And then like, oh, great. We would like to work with you type of thing. And oh, actually, you are a good worker and you know your stuff. We would like to keep working with you further type of thing. So, uh, yeah, you know, it, it's it's yeah, the, but Sancho, a, a foot in the door doesn't yes, open the door. That's for what I'm you. saying. Like, that's, that's still you. Right. Right. Thank you. Uh, and, and that's the thing I want to say is like, that's the kind of success you don't want to want. You don't want. You don't mm-hmm. want that fast track success mm-hmm. because yes, I have enormous amount of followers on Twitch because of my relationship with him. And a lot of people want to be close to me by close to him by proxy through me, which is another beast of itself. But those numbers of inflate inflated numbers, I can never gain or understand where the community's pulse is because it's a, it's an inflated bubble. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you never want to be fast tracked. You never really want to go viral in this space. Mm-hmm. If you go viral, which happened before with me multiple times in different things, you need to have content or thing to back that up. Sure. Because there needs you, to be a backlog. Right. There needs to be a backlog and there needs to be more gas in the tank yeah. after you go viral. And you could go viral and you could get those views, but they're not going to be sticky. I always say you got to find the sticky views, the sticky followers where people would remember you for and uh if you are popular through a friend or through a family member just understand that you got to hold on to that truth because there's always going to be people that tear you down in this space uh you got to have a thick skin people will tear you down for anything and uh that's one of the things people try to tear me down but i always tell myself i know my truth and i know my work and i know uh what i i know my past so it's content creating man it's it's a weird thing man (laughs) it's a weird thing it's a weird thing like there's always a reason to downplay somebody's success like like i like i remember you know getting a message saying you know like i'm i'm i only get the views that i get because i'm i i'm lucky to to have the fallen that i have like meanwhile like hey let's ignore the fact that i post 50 tiktoks a week you know stream 35 hours a week post youtube videos daily like people like to see the tip of the iceberg but don't see what's under the ocean and i'm telling like the people that want to get into this space don't ever look at the tip of the iceberg like understand and recognize that there's stuff that help that person be the beacon that they now are in the space and try and replicate the things that you know the hard work that came out to uh, to get to that end result don't try and emulate the end result emulating the end result is honestly setting yourself up for a lot of disappointment one one thing i I do want to point out uh for you i mean considering if if anyone could do quote unquote what you can do how come there's not more people like you 
Does that make sense? Yeah. There's no, 100%. And one thing I would have to say is I do applaud while you were talking about the the grind. I tried to be a wrestling reaction guy, a watch party guy. I think way before you, believe it or not, mm-hmm. like a couple of years before uh, you. Um, it's hard. I mm-hmm. I found it very hard to uh, keep a conversation going, to engage an audience without having the visual of the wrestling match itself. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, you you know I didn't use the audio of the commentary, but I'm I'm sure a lot of your audience are not watching wrestling at the same time because it's you're juggling two screens. Sure. I myself, when it comes to well, you know, before we started working, I was a fan of I am and still am a fan of your work. I always found it much more captivating to watch you and or watch your work afterwards, after the mm-hmm. fact. So it's like if I needed to see what happened in Raw, I go to Santi. Like on like dead honest truth. Without Santi, I would not be so invested in the bloodline. Like, honestly, wouldn't, wouldn't know anything because I don't have time to watch three hours of wrestling, let alone find the best parts of it and put it available, easily uh, uh, digestible on TikTok. And to piggy, to round back to what you're saying is video games are ahead of their time when it comes to allowing content creators to use their stuff to create content for them and give that free promotion. The music industry, the movie industry, wrestling, sports are all behind letting content creators do their thing to give them the most eyeballs on their product, in my Mm -hmm. opinion. Like, if the NFL allow us to do clips for them, which most of the time they kind of do, kind of, sort of, lightly, you know what I mean? If the NFL allowed us to do watch parties like they do in the Mannings, right? Eli and Peyton? Yeah the product would be bigger, like a 100%. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Like there's, yeah, I think we can, we can uh, wrap up this topic, but uh, yeah, you're a hundred percent right. Like there's still, that's how new this space is. Like there is still, like we're still technically in my opinion, in the infancy of content creation, because it, it was really like, maybe like from 2018 on where it started becoming a bit more mainstream. It started, uh, you know, like when, when Drake played with Ninja, Ninja you yeah. know, the mainstream really started to get a hold of the concept of content creation and an industry being only, you know, less than 10 years old, because sure, like it's older than 10 years, but like people weren't becoming super celebrities. Now people literally are, uh, it's still in its infancy stage. So it doesn't even have to be gaming anymore. Like it could be whatever it is that you're into uh, and you'll inevitably find an audience for it because the world is just so interconnected. So ultimately, you know, for all the jabronis that ask me, how do I get started? Just start, stop asking questions and literally actually just start. Otherwise you'll never start. It's the easiest time. Uh, I mean, I was I was remembering that there was a stat that people be- had a million subscribers during the pan, like who had no subscribers, they had a million within those couple of years during the pandemic. So it's mm-hmm. like with TikToks, discoverability, YouTube Shorts, Instagram Reels, mm-hmm. there is absolutely a place for you, and you should definitely do it. Uh, Santi, I know we're heading towards the 50-minute mark. Do you want to talk briefly, I, I think, to mm-hmm. wrap up today's podcast, about 10 minutes or so, we could talk about AI, sure. AI and gaming. Yes, does artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence. Does AI, and, I, and for those of you listening, I know we're, we we miss our 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific slot, but you're going to hit it hot off the press, hot off the press. Um, Santi's going to make the fastest thumbnail he's ever made in his life. Uh, 
<laughs> I'm excited to see what it is. <laughs> Do you think AI has a place in gaming and specifically bots? Multiplayer and bots, I find most interesting because I feel more and more games are super comfortable with let's just throw bots in there for just the first couple of games or let's just fill out a lobby with bots. I feel that it's very, I know why they're designed, but there's a little bit of a mm, to it, and especially in multiplayer. Yeah, and I guess like when we talk about like the, the concept of AI, like that's still such a rudimentary caught like version of ai like yep. a, like a, like ai in the game like being you know another player like that i feel like that's been around for for a very long time i mean i remember you, putting we never AIs in kill zone yeah. 2 we've been yeah. i've been putting you know i was playing multiplayer games with ai in in kill zone 2 all the way back in 2009 um nowadays i don't know like i i'm i'm kind of against it mostly dependent on the situation like if we're talking about somebody who's just getting into the game and we're doing some sort of skill mate uh, based matchmaking and i just booted up the game it makes sense to put some low level bots in there to help that serotonin right to help me not get fully discouraged into the game you know you're not just going into a lobby and getting completely pub stomped by somebody so i get the use of it mm -hmm. but i don't love it because it's um i don't know i feel like sometimes it can be seen as artificially extending the lifespan of a game right um when you know when the game has been out for a couple of years and if it's not drawing players hey that's fine we can still toss in some some bots in there and i feel like i don't know like the spirit of like the the online culture is kind of gone when it's just bots i feel that ai ha you're right has been around for a long time and we just didn't mm -hmm. know it we weren't. We never understood how intricate AI was. I remember they were talking about. I mean, I really believe Fortnite had AI bots at the beginning. Like there was times where you see someone with the same kind of a bot name, and no one knew at the time during Chapter One. We just didn't know. We just yeah. thought it was just a player that sucked at the game. Yeah, but I feel it was that me <laughs> <laughs> with the introduction of AI moderating voice chats with games with ai learning how to play games now like mario like very mm -hmm. rudimentary basic 8-bit games i think that ai can be i'm not saying like i'm not scared of ai i think we could work with ai i've also seen that there's ai content creators like ai streamers which is yeah, a strange it's thing trippy. it's scary like, <laughs> not and they're reading chat and they're thanking chat and they're engaging in chat and they have like emotions I just think a game should have a new kind of like a new sticker, like a rating sticker, like AI present or bots use just mm. to let people know that they are interacting with artificial intelligence, whether it be the, the most lowest IQ AI to the highest IQ AI. I think it's important that we understand that AI did does or is present in your video game. Yeah, and, and it depends too. Like we're only talking about AI and multiplayer, but like let's think about AI and single player, which hasn't really made its mark aside from a death loop. Like I love the AI in death loop and how it works right. in terms of like learning from your behaviors, learning how, how you play. AI in Metal Gear Solid 5, where it adapts to how you've played, you know, too many headshots, they start wearing helmets, etc. Um, so I, I 
AI in single player to me sounds a lot more intriguing in terms of um, evolving and adapting the game to the player mm -hmm. uh, so that each individual player gets a very unique experience, right? So when we're having that water cooler conversation, my experience in God of War Ragnarok could have been different than your experience in God of War Ragnarok outside of like story elements. Because um, like there I, I could see it being really, really valuable and not like this stat padding that right. we're kind of seeing with uh, with online AI bots. It would be interesting to see how the gaming industry embraces like procedural AI. I mean, we've already mm. seen it used in Unreal Engine and how they could create worlds by just putting in a button and then just yeah. being able to do landscapes. And it seems to me that gaming has embraced AI a little bit more than, say, more artist artistic things. Not saying gaming is not artistic, but we're talking about acting and writing, which is the current strikes are going on right now, which is not embracing AI or trying to avoid AI uh, use at all. I just find that in gaming, the, the thing that worries me the most is the use of AI to the point where we could be playing multiplayer games and not have a single human in it. And we yeah. could be playing a single player multi like single player slash multiplayer experience. So what if there was a battle royale that had very intelligent bots, but it was all AI and you had to go through it and it's just as yeah. valuable for beating that botted lobby versus a real human lobby. I don't know. I yeah. genuinely don't know. And what's, you know, I'll, I'll add a wrinkle to this conversation because you and I, I guess like we have our pulse on the situation, right? Like if we're playing a multiplayer game, I don't think it's crazy that you and I want humans, you know, no, but I, you I and I aren't the type of person that would go to the bargain bin and look for a really, really old multiplayer game and try and play that. But a kid is right. A kid who just got their allowance and is allowed to buy one $10 game from the, from the bargain bin, a GameStop. What if they were to buy, you know, let's pretend like we're let's let, let's pretend like uh, they buy, I don't know, kill zone two, right. Out of the bargain bin for $5 with the AI, at least that kid is able to at the very least experience some of what multiplayer has to offer right. without it really being, you know, the full fledged human experience. So I think there's more value for individuals that are in that scenario than there is for people who are wanting to play the latest and greatest. I would rather have that. If they created AI to keep multiplayer games that have been sunsetted or their servers have been closed, I would do that. I would love to play Vigilante 8. I love that game. But if you, mm -hmm. if you could play with, very intelligent AI. I know you could put computer AI. Like, there's difference. What I'm saying, like, yes, in back in the day, you could put computer bots in. Yeah, the yeah. Game. You're not talking Super no. Smash Brothers, like no. you know, playing the comms. You're right. No, I want like an artificial AI that mimics players or mimic like, learns me. I think that would be highly welcome, and that would I think that would keep multiplayer alive. But like I said, I think it just needs to be communicated. Like, hey. We are shutting down our our multiplayer servers. However, we have implemented our new AI system for you to enjoy the game as much as possible in its glory or close to it. And we've used the data from all of our players that we, quote unquote, that you signed away anyway during the terms of service, that we use all of your data and we created this AI engine for you to enjoy the game whenever you like in this way. And I think that would be cool as as to heart to call back to one of our first podcasts, we're just talking about preservation. I think that'd be a great way to preserve multiplayer games. I like that wrinkle. I like that a lot. 
Yeah, because you know, I think um, at the end of the day, like you and I fall, and and probably everybody that listens to this falls under. You know, if I'm creating a class of gamer, the top one percent, right? Like we're playing the newest the cream stuff. Cream of the crop, yeah, yeah. The cream of the crop rises to the top. Um, but there, there's a huge portion of the gaming audience that isn't where we are, where they aren't playing Overwatch two on day one. Maybe they're playing Overwatch two six years after it's been released. So you know, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of convincing myself away from the initial argument of I don't like it to now, like, hey, there is a place yeah, for right, it. Yeah, right, right. There is a place for it, but it's, it's not for me. It's not for me. But I totally see the, the use case to help, you know, create an entry point for somebody, regardless of when they buy the darn thing. Resistance follow man with AI. Oh my god, dude! I, I I played that. I played resist Resistance two with AI. Like that was my jam. Yeah. I love Resistance two with AI. Yeah, because they had the uh, sixty four person multiplayer. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. or, or like a true battlefield game with AI, sophisticated AI, who made it feel like you're in that atmosphere. I mean, granted, there's nothing like a human player doing something stupid and just having fun, yeah. right? But I think, you know, hey, I, I came around here at the checkpoint, amigo. We, I said, no, I don't want it. But then I thought, you know, why not? Yeah. You know, know what you're going to get here. You, we gave <laughs> you the razzle-dazzle. We went one way, we took it the other way. We broke your ankles. Boom, boom. All right, well, hey, hot off the press. We are, we're a little behind the release point, but we're going to get it out of, the, out of our hands into your mouth as quick as possible, like a hot slice of pizza. That, I could have said that better, right? <laughs> hey, you've made the decision. I you made, have made oh, your choice. I have made my choice. And thank you for making your choice for helping us be one of the podcasts. Santi, you have a new TikTok. Tell the people about your new TikTok. Santi Zap MR. That's it. All right. We're going to grow it back. And maybe I might get my old one back. But still, as of right now, your I boy want, is... I want, uh, the, I want the hot take. Are you going to keep the other one? Are you going to like switch the content from one to the other? Like, What if what if you get it back? Are you going to go gaming on the other one? Or are you going to do both I don't the same know. Time? I'm excited at the possibility of having two huge TikToks. I love... Uh, the possibilities are endless. I don't know what I would do. I don't oh, know what I man. would do. I would love to be in your shoes. And I am Sancho West. You can find me on all things Sancho West. And hey, that is episode 7 of The Checkpoint. Amigos, the pod for the gaming people. Adios, y'all. Peace.